and welcome back. I'm Bill English, the publisher here at Bible and Business. I want to thank you for joining me today. You're catching me in the middle of an eight-part series titled The Eight A's That Kill Healthy Partnerships. Uh, in the previous series, I did the 10 elements that, or the 10 C's, so to speak, that are needed to build healthy partnerships. But there are things that can also kill business partnerships. And in this series, I'm going over those elements that kill healthy partnerships. As you can see on the screen here, uh, those elements are anger, apathy, affairs, uh, abuse, addictions, arrogance, ambiguity, and autocraticness or being an autocrat. So this content is taken from my book, A Christian Theology of Business Ownership, an introduction for Christian entrepreneurs on what the Bible says about owning a business. I now have an abridged version out of this book that pulls out all the Greek and the Hebrew discussions and a lot of the uh, quotes, and uh, it's kind of a faster read. It's only about 150 pages, whereas the theology book is about 350 pages. Uh, the abridged version is titled, What the Bible Says about owning a business. You can pick up either or both of these at Amazon or many online retailers, both in electronic form and in printed form. So I, I trust that you'll do that at some point. I just want to make a note that I'm making uh, on every video in this series. If you have one of these A's that kill partnerships, it'll take more energy and cycles for you to have a good partnership, but it's 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 doable, it's possible. If you have two or more of these A's, and it really doesn't matter which ones, then it's going to be uh, very difficult to have a good thriving partnership. Three or more, don't even try. The partnership's going to die. If you're in a partnership that has three or more of these A's, I would advise you to start looking for an exit, looking for a way out of the partnership, and maybe even uh, cash in some equity in the partnership before it dies. Uh, but it will die if it has three or more of these A's in any, any combination of A's in a persistent uh, form. So uh, before we get started also, I just want to, uh, want to invite you to head over to BibleAndBusiness.com. And if you are enjoying these, this uh, series, I'm just going to ask that you go ahead and uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel here. So let's get started. What about affairs? How do affairs harm business partnerships? Well, uh, let's first of all just talk a little bit about affairs in general. They can be emotional or they can be physical or they can be both. Um, uh, emotional affairs are sometimes harder to detect, I think, than physical affairs. And they all, almost all physical affairs start out as emotional affairs and then they culminate in uh, physical sexual activity. Uh, nearly all affairs represent hurt and pain in a marital relationship or in another relationship. In other words, I'm getting from you here at the office something that I'm not getting at home. And it's usually not sexual. Uh, it's usually emotional. It's esteem needs. It's uh, maybe mental interaction needs something. But there's something wrong in another key relationship in that person's life that is leading them or allowing them room to have an affair at the office. 
affairs are rarely about sex itself. Uh, that's I think our culture is wrong on that point. Culture oft, often views affairs as sexual. I view them much more as emotional that uh, results in sex, but they're, they're rarely about sex by themselves. And look, while a person's private life is their private life, when it comes to your business partnership, an affair represents potentially serious problems for any partnership when it's the partner, one of the partners, that's involved in the affair. And so uh, you really want you really want to pay attention to that. And I'll just uh, I'll, I'll just also come in and just remind us all that um, you know what Christians can have affairs too. Just because we're followers of Jesus Christ does not mean we are immune to the temptations uh, of the enemy. Now, what are the effects of affairs? Uh, here are some of the effects, and this is not an exhaustive list, but certainly introduce lying and deception into your partnership. Um, I know of one partnership that has turned out to be a really good partnership uh, for both of the folks involved. But I also know that one of them had an affair with a direct report and the other partner never found out about it. Uh, and so there's a, this lying and deception that is ongoing in that affair or, or in that partnership. I'm not sure it needs to be brought up at this point, uh, but it's, it's certainly something that, um, that once it starts, you kill the honesty and the integrity, or at least a portion of the honesty and the integrity of the partnership. And that's never good for uh, a partnership. Uh, you're also going to create significant exposure to legal liability, especially in the area of sexual harassment. Look, the reality is there's a power imbalance between partners and employees. And when a partner has a, an affair with an employee, no matter how consensual both parties might think it is, there is inherently a power imbalance. And that power imbalance is what can lead uh, to exposure to legal liability. I remember all the way back in the 90s when President Bill Clinton had his affair with Monica Lewinsky, and he got away with it uh, because he was a politician and he was well-liked. But had he been a CEO of almost any corporation, he probably um, would have faced both criminal and civil lawsuits as a result. Uh, and there was, by the way, there's a huge power imbalance between the president and an intern. I don't care how consensual they thought it was. That power imbalance existed, and it cannot be ignored. Um, if, you know, if rumors spread around the office, there might be complaints of favoritism. And those rumors, uh, as you know, will have a tendency to grow and it will create bad attitudes and really a bad, a lot of what I call bad juju <laughs> in your uh, in your culture. And you, you know, you just don't want that. It will distract your staff. It'll waste their time and energy and it will lower workplace morale. So the effects of these affairs, especially if they're known, um, is, is really bad. I know of one company where uh, the daughter of the owner is uh, is kind of like the general manager of the company. The owner, uh, he, he is older, and she's probably in her 40s. But it's well known that she sleeps with three or four uh, different managers and salesmen on a regular basis. And she has what is called an open uh, management style, for lack of a better term. 
and it really creates a lot of favoritism, spreads a lot of rumors, and of course their morale and their culture uh, is not very good at all. How can you manage affairs in the office? And I think you do need to manage them. You don't uh, necessarily shut down certain types of romantic relationships. Uh, but one of the ways to manage them is to make sure that you're not getting too close physically with someone in the opposite sex and that you, I have a no touch rule. So you might want to have a no touch rule too. Um, I used to be kind of this sideways hugger guy, you know, when somebody did good, I'd put my arm around him and give him a pat on the back kind of thing. I don't do that anymore. Um, I, I just, uh, I just don't touch. Uh, and, and I always use words to affirm. Um, I would say that a good policy in your company would be to never allow members of the opposite sex, or if their orientation is to same sex, never allow members with an orientation uh, to have, um, whether they're same sex or opposite sex, to have somebody that they're oriented to in a visually closed room by themselves. So in other words, I never meet uh, with females in my office alone with my door closed unless um, my door has glass in it and there's a side light. Now happily in my office, my door is almost all glass and there's a side light as well. So I don't have a problem um, closing the door with a female in my office and just she and I meeting. It, it's also helpful for me to have this protection because out of the 54 people in my home office, I run a healthcare company right now with almost 600 employees, uh, but there's 54 people in the home office. And of those 54, 52 are female. And so I am meeting with women on a regular basis uh, throughout the day, usually in by ourselves or maybe with one or two others. Uh, but that's why my door has complete glass and it has a side light, and that way um, anybody can see what I'm doing at any time, even though they may not be able to hear it. So I would. This is kind of the Billy Graham rule. Some of you will know this as as the Billy Graham rule. Just never be. And I think Mike Pence actually did this too as vice president. Just never allow yourself to be in a room alone with a woman, or if you're a woman with a man behind a closed door where nobody can see you. That's just uh, that. That's not a good place to be. Uh, I would suggest have regular training about affairs and sexual harassment. I think most companies do that anyways. Uh, I would say have a strong company policy that direct reports cannot date each other. If they're going to date, they must disclose. And that disclosure uh, could result in one or both of them being reassigned within the company so that... Um, they are not in a direct report relationship while they're dating. They're, the policy should also allow the company to terminate one or both employees should there not be a, a way to reassign them. So while it might seem a little harsh, I, th I think that that kind of policy would be a good idea. And just a, a few more notes here. Your partner agreement should directly discuss affairs and divorce. Your partner agreement should very much talk about uh, what happens if one of the partners does have an affair or what happens if that affair leads to a divorce. Uh, your partner agreement should already discuss how to handle that. 
Uh, you do need a process to manage positive relationships in the workplace that protects your company and allows for growth in those relationships. I want you to remember that about 20% of marriages in the United States start in the workplace. So uh, again, if they're direct reports and they're starting to date, they need to be reassigned. If they, I think at the point where they decide either to move in together, if they're not direct reports, and they decide to move in together or they get engaged, then I think they should be required to disclose that to human resources. And just so that everybody's on the same page with what's going on in that relationship. So, affairs. Affairs and partnerships are a bad idea and partners should really never become romantically involved with employees. It's not good for the company, it's not good for morale, it's not good from an exposure to liability standpoint. Um, partners have a duty to control their emotions and frankly control their bodily and sexual urges. Uh, partners should have an explicit duty to disclose should a relationship happen. Uh, they are usually, affairs are usually highly damaging to a partnership and a business. Uh, and as soon as you learn about affairs in your office, whether it's with your partner or with uh, employees in your office, you need to face into that right away. You really need to get on top of that and say, um, um, you know, we're going to protect the company uh, because there's a lot of liability that can happen there. Okay, next episode next week, we're going to talk about abuse, how verbal and physical abuse in partnerships uh, kills partnerships and frankly kills your company too and your culture. But we'll, we'll talk about abuse in our next episode. I'm Bill English, the publisher here at Bible and Business. I want to thank you for joining me today. If you are in an affair at your workplace and you don't know what to do and you need somebody to talk to, drop me a line. I'll be happy to spend some time with on the phone with you. You can just email me at bill at bibleandbusiness.com. Bill at bibleandbusiness.com. So until next week, I hope you have a great week, and I hope that you place your faith and trust in the Lord, and I hope you go out and make it a great day. Take care.